Hi everyone, welcome to Packers Unscripted from Packers.com. I am Mike Spofford. He is the one and only Wes Hodkowitz. We're coming to you here from our studios at Lambeau Field. Wes, it's the middle of the week. I know we spent uh, yesterday's show talking about the big change with the head coaching position here with the Green Bay Packers. We're going to try to turn the page forward here and get back into our routine, which is to talk about the upcoming opponent, and that's the Atlanta Falcons. And I tell you what, Wes, all you have to do is look at this team as an illustration of just how, I guess, unpredictable and fleeting success can be in the NFL, because I was thinking about this the other day. 22 months ago, the Atlanta Falcons were leading a Super Bowl 29-3. to Yeah. And about 11 months ago, they were goal to go at Lincoln Financial Field in Philadelphia with a chance to return to the NFC Championship game if they could get it in the end zone in a goal-to-go situation. They did not get that. They did not get the title from that Super Bowl against the Patriots, and now they're sitting at 4-8, and eight and they are playing out the string just like the Green Bay Packers are. Yeah, and the, the real tough situation here for the Falcons is you look at them going into this game now. They had a big and emotional win over Washington, 38-14. to 14. That was on November 4th. And since then, they've dropped games to Cleveland, Dallas, New Orleans, and Baltimore uh, to bring a four-game losing streak. Yeah, four and, losses in a row after a 4-4 four and four record at the midway point. So sitting at 4-8, and eight, my biggest takeaway from this, Mike, and I said it the night of that Super Bowl, is that it is so difficult, the road is so hard, and so many things have to fall your way for you to not only win a Super Bowl but make it there. This is why it's gut-wrenching, I think, because <laughs> yep. there is no guarantees. It doesn't just because you're the best team one year doesn't mean everything's going to line up and you're going to be the best team the next. Look at the Packers in 2010 to 2011. Just because you have an MVP quarterback doesn't mean it's always right. going to fall into place. What's really peculiar about this particular team, though, is they've had some terrible injuries this year. They lose Devontae Freeman. I think when you look at Keanu Neal, one of the top hybrid-type linebacker safety types in the league, can do a multitude of different things. So injuries have you know waged their ugly head there. But on the other side of it, you look at the defense in the primary playmakers, your Vic Beasleys of the world. Uh, you know, you, you look at Desmond Trufant. They've had a lot of those guys there. The defense just hasn't responded, and offensively they haven't been consistent enough to be able to get past it. So I think you look at where the Packers are at and where the Falcons are at, there's a lot of parallels between those two teams that are going to meet at Lambeau Field at noon Central time on Sunday. Yeah, when I look at this Falcons offense, you look at the statistics. Matt Ryan is completing around 70% of his passes. Yeah. Julio Jones statistically having a monster season. They added the rookie Calvin Ridley out of Alabama to the receiving core. He's got, I believe, eight touchdown receptions. Yep. I don't, un I don't know how this team has scored less than 20 points four games in a row in this four-game losing streak with right. this offense. It, it's, it's, and yes, the loss to Devontae Freeman, I don't want to diminish that, but you still have Tevin Coleman in the backfield and all of these weapons, Muhammad Sanu, Austin Hooper, all of these other guys to go with Jones and Ridley in the passing game with a quarterback who just won an MVP and deservedly so in 2016. It's it's a head scratcher in a sense, Wes, as to now early in the season they lost a couple shootouts. Right. They lost a shootout to the Bengals. They lost an overtime shootout to the Saints. That was part of the four and four start. 
But now in the four-game losing streak that's dropped them to four and eight, they can't even get to 20 points. Right. It's, it's, it's amazing, quite frankly. Yeah, and then also to mention their offensive line. I mean, Jake Matthews, uh, you know, Alex Mack and, and Ryan Schrader are all there this year as well. So, I mean, Andy Lavitri has been out for the year, but sure. they, they still have most of those big components of their offensive line. So it has been a head-scratcher. But when I was going and doing my research before we hopped in here to talk about the Falcons, I couldn't help but look at their record, look at their schedule, and not draw some of those those comparisons in my head that Joe Philbin had talked about at the podium on Monday about sometimes that self-fulfilling prophecy a little bit. When the wins aren't going your way, when the production isn't going your way, when the wind just isn't quite blowing in the direction you need it to blow, yeah, you start to fall into a rut, and then that rut ends up leading to fewer big plays and fewer you know, capitalized opportunities, and then you start getting in a losing streak. So, yeah, that's where the Falcons are at. This is a fascinating matchup on a number of levels, though, because I think when both of these two teams are playing at their absolute best, yeah, they're, they're playoff contending teams. They have that kind of ability. They have that kind of talent on both sides of the ball. But I think it's been an issue of just not getting enough big plays out of your playmakers. Looking specifically at Atlanta, you know, 26 right now in total defense, when they have the resources that they've invested into that defense, mm-hmm. you need more production than that. You need more pressure on the quarterback than they've been getting and it just hasn't been there this season. Yeah, now this is the rematch, obviously, of the 2016 NFC title game that was down in Atlanta, which uh, the Falcons won by, I believe it was three touchdowns or so. They clearly were the uh, the class of the NFC that year, and as we know, they should have won the Super Bowl. But when you look at this Packers team, uh, certainly on the defensive side of the ball, this is a very different Packers team than the one that went to Atlanta for that NFC Championship game. But the Falcons, personnel-wise, offense and defense, aside from you know the addition of Ridley from the draft and maybe one or two others, it kind of still looks like the yeah. same team. You yeah. know, Yet the Packers, at least on the defensive side of the ball, are very different. Yeah, no, it is. I mean, they, like I said, they lost two of their big playmakers offensively and defensively with Devontae Freeman going down. But before Devontae Freeman became a thing in the NFL, Tevin Coleman was their starting running back. It yeah. was injuries that sort of pushed Freeman to the lineup and let him become the kind of difference maker every down back that he became. And I think when you look at what Neal had done, and, and especially in that NFC Championship game, uh, what he and, and some of the, the players that they had in that defense, the way that they were able to really gel and galvanize themselves during the final stretch of that season, propelled the, the Falcons to being you know a Super Bowl contending team. And then you, you mentioned Austin Hooper earlier. I've been following Hooper all season. Just a, a young man that has really come into his own the last two seasons has become more, and each week it seems like more and more of a primary target for Matt Ryan. And Kelvin Ridley, while he did have a kind of a, a lull there midseason, has had a resurgence here the last couple of weeks, has been a big end zone target, as you mentioned, with eight touchdowns. So yeah. there's a lot of weapons the Packers are going to have to take into account defensively to be able to hold Matt Ryan in check because, like many of these other top flight quarterbacks, they've seen this season. Ryan gets the ball out quickly. He lets things develop downfield but isn't afraid to work underneath. And with having Ridley, Sanu, who had a big game against the Packers two years ago, uh, Jones and, and Hooper, certainly you don't have to keep in mind the 
the receiving aspect that Freeman provides, but still, that's a lot of weapons to shut down. Yeah, and I've always felt that Mohamed Sanu is one of the more underrated and under-the-radar type of receivers in this league. Yes, he benefits from the attention that Julio Jones gets and now that Calvin Ridley is getting, but Mohamed Sanu is a guy who can he, he can do some damage in his own right. And he can win his one-on-one -on -one matchups. Mm -hmm. uh, so, I mean, if, if they're giving extra attention to Jones, Freeman, uh, those other weapons, he's a guy, as we saw in the NFC title game two years ago, yeah. uh, when you give him a one-on-one -on -one look, he's going to take advantage of it. Yeah, all right. Well, quickly, Wes, before I forget, because I have a tendency to do that <laughs> once in a while. Packers fans, be sure to stop in at your local Quick Trip and pick up your Packers Cup today. Get 89-cent refills on your Cafe Karuba coffee all season long, and uh, the deadline here is coming up quickly for the Cousin Subs Best Seats in the House promotion. You and a guest could win a chance to kick back on the 50-yard line in style. Two pairs of lucky Packers fans will be chosen prior to each home game for this VIP experience. Enter daily now through December 16 by completing the entry form and submitting. For complete rules and eligibility, go to Packers.com slash Best Seats. Cousin Subs, we believe in better. You know, it's funny. I'm starting to almost create this, like, West overtime period uh, when you're coming out of these now where I jump back in. I just wanted to point this out because uh, we'll get in on Friday to keys to victory. Yeah. But a very quirky stat that worked out, and I'd be very interested if like Elias or somebody else could figure this out. The Packers last week faced the 32-ranked rushing offense in the league, right? Right. This week now Atlanta is now last ranked in rushing offense in the <laughs> NFL. Now, to make a point in terms of the key to victory, the Packers for the most part, Blake Martinez, I was talking with him about this after the game, they did a good job of being able to shut down David Johnson consistently, but that third quarter kind of got away from them. They're going to need to put that kind of complete performance together against Atlanta because we know, unlike with Josh Rosen, uh, who is kind of you know you know inaccurate, you could say you know Matt Ryan's going to be able to cut you up there yeah. if, you'd, if you'd let him be two-dimensional. Well, it was interesting with the Packers' run defense against the Cardinals. As good a job, I thought, as they did against David Johnson, it was when the Cardinals turned to Edmonds that, Crazy. that suddenly the explosive plays were happening, and, and the Packers really didn't adjust to that very well, and Edmonds became a huge part of that offense in Arizona pulling out that victory. Yeah, it was. I mean, he was the difference maker for them, and I don't think you and I said his name once in the lead-up to that game. No. Uh, so from this perspective, though, I'd be really interested to see the last time the Packers have faced back-to-back uh, rushing offenses that were dead last in the league. And then three weeks ago, it was Minnesota who was 31st. So yeah. kind of a weird stretch that they've kind of underwent here uh, in this final half of the season. Yeah. Well, on the defensive side of the ball, that's really where the Falcons have had the majority of their injuries. As you said, some of their key guys have certainly been there throughout the season. But they do have a guy with a half dozen interceptions yeah. in the secondary here. He's a playmaker you have to pay attention to. Tell us about him. Yeah, so DeMonte Casey, uh, a second-year player for them, fifth-round draft pick a year ago. It's really coincidental the way this works out. He has six picks on the year. The Falcons in general only have nine. Uh, so he's stepped up in that way and has sort of been a, become a big playmaker for them. Uh, they don't have Ricardo Lamas this year, so it's been basically him. And obviously with Neil uh, being out, so it, he's been kind of the big playmaker for them on the back end so far this season uh, out of San Diego State um, from San Bernardino, California. So I'd be curious. I'll have to ask uh, Kenny Clark if he has a background with him at all. Yeah, um, yeah they the might have crossed area. paths somewhere along the line. Uh, but it's been a big play target for them this year. It's been kind of interesting how that's worked out. Only has 52 receive, like interception return yards, but as you and I have both seen, Mike, over the years, when you have a player that gets over five, six interceptions, the kind of difference it makes for a secondary. Yeah, absolutely. Um, interestingly, with the Falcons, we saw – 
you know, I get, again, we keep referring to that 2016 <laughs> NFC Championship game because that's really our reference point with the Falcons. Vic Beasley was uh, was kind of tough to handle that day, but um, he's not having the type of season at this point that uh, that the Falcons were counting on. He's not. I, I said Ricardo Lamas, not Ricardo Allen, who is who I meant oh. to say. Ricardo Lamas is a UFC fighter, so I apologize. For I knew that who, error. I knew who you meant, but Ricardo I, I, missed, Allen, I missed the miss misspeaking. I'm glad I part. caught myself on that one. Ricardo okay. Allen has been a big presence there. Was in that NFC Championship game, a starter for them for many seasons. He's been out for the year. So I was just making the point here, out since week four, whatever it is, okay. that that Casey's kind of been thrown in the lineup because of that. Your question again. Sorry, I was distracted. No, I was just talking about Vic Beasley and yeah, that it's the, weird. The, when when the the type of postseason that he had when the Falcons made that run to the Super Bowl a couple of years ago, he was he was a big time player on that defense, and they've been looking for a lot out of him. And so far this year, they haven't really gotten what they were hoping for. Yeah, so I don't, I can't give you a full scouting report on what Vic Beasley's 2018 season has been like, but I will say this. I was really taken aback when I brought up the statistics and saw that, okay, was there an injury or something? No, he's played in 12 games for them. He started eight, 13 tackles, three sacks, and a pass deflection. You go back to the NFC Championship game when he was on the tail end of his Pro Bowl season, 15 and a half sacks, six forced fumbles in the regular season, the plays he made during the postseason. It looked like this young man was going to become the the next, you know, Khalil Mack, like that that type of difference maker in this league. Absolutely. And over the last two seasons, five sacks for him last year in 14 games, three in 12 this year. Two of those came against Dallas two weeks ago. So it's been really interesting how this has worked out, and I think one of the issues so far this year for the Falcons with their 26-ranked defense, they only have 23 sacks. Tack McKinley, who is uh, a former teammate of, of some of these U- former UCLA players on the Packers roster, right. he currently leads them right now with five and a half sacks, but just getting after the quarterback has been kind of a problem for them this year and something the Packers are going to have to keep in mind in this matchup. Yeah, well, the Falcons, Falcons looking to snap a four-game losing streak, as we mentioned. The Packers been on the skids, as we know, since the bye week, losing five out of six, looking to turn things around under interim head coach Joe Philbin. Um, Dan Quinn, the, the the head coach of the Falcons, you know, it's inevitable that there are always going to be discussions of job security and whatnot. It's 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 astounding to me that, as I said, even last year coming off the Super Bowl loss, they were goal to go against right. Philadelphia on the road in the divisional playoffs with a chance to get a touchdown and get back to the NFC Championship game. And now suddenly there are, there are even rumblings about how secure Dan Quinn is in is Atlanta. Now, I don't know how seriously to take those when it's just right. one down year, but we've been talking about the personnel and everything on the team. They are, they are a hard team to figure out this year, and hopefully for the Packers' sake they can – the Packers can keep them on the 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 uh, the downside of things at least for another week because Green Bay needs a victory just as badly as these guys. They do. really do, Mike, and, and I'm really interested to see. You know, Dan Quinn is a defensive mastermind, right? I mean, that's how he cut his teeth in this league. Yeah, he, he did built with that. Seattle. He built that Seattle defense, and then and then that's how he got the head coaching job in Atlanta. Yeah, so I'm sure there is that aspect that he really does want to get this defense back on track. I think one thing that is going to help them. I you know last week Deion Jones, they finally got him back. He had 15 tackles in that game against Baltimore and again not to keep referencing 2016 but you saw him in that game and as a hybrid type player what he provides to that defense so there was a little bit of a uh, you know a comeback there from one of their top guys 
But that being said, the statistics still are what they are, and I'm sure we haven't had a chance to talk to him at this point in time, but I'm sure that's something that's that's kind of grinding at him a little bit is that the defense hasn't been what I think they thought they were going to be in terms of having Matt Ryan, having that offense, and having the explosiveness there, but also a defense to complement that. It's been a little imbalanced for the Falcons so far this yeah. season. And then in the times in which the offense isn't able to point put points up, you, you've seen teams like Cleveland, you've seen teams like Baltimore be able to have the success that they've had. Yeah, all right. Well, I've got to run, and I know you do too, <laughs> so we're going to call it a wrap on this edition of Packers Unscripted. Be sure to follow all of our coverage of the team on Packers.com. On Twitter, you can still find him at Wes Hot. I'm at Mike Spofford at Packers for the team account. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. We'll see you next time.